Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, I get that like that sometimes in my experience. It just seems like I'm right in the middle of the Sahara. You ever get that way? You just look for a, my goodness, you don't even want a thunderhead. I don't even look for a cloud the size of a man's hand. If I could say one the size of a fingernail, I'd just be hopeful and grateful. But I'm so thankful that the Lord is always, always merciful to us during those times, Brother Wes. And he's there. I've served him for the majority of my life. <clears throat> if I would sit down tonight and write down all the tests, all the heartaches, all the different things I've been through, I cannot honestly say one time out of decades of service to the Lord Jesus that I could ever factually point to a genuine proof that he ever forsook me once. Now, I just hope that he don't say the same thing about me, that he's going to sit down and make a list of all mine, because I'm going to hang my head in shame. But not one time, think of it. Oh, people, well, he failed me, he failed me. No, God don't fail. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. So no matter how difficult things are, what we're going through, it does not depend on us, depend on our faithfulness, our this, that, and the other. It depends on him. And how great and how wonderful that he is. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? So appreciate you being here. <clears throat> Made a doctor's visit today with Erica and Lance. Carol and I did and did a PET scan. And the PET scan came back good, thank the Lord. Had a spot on the liver and one thing inside the lung, which the um, uh, MRI had already showed that. So... They're still trying to trace down exactly where the, the cause of it is. Got more tests coming up this week. And uh, I'm not afraid of tests myself. Tests don't bother my face. What I want to do is find out where that devil is. And we can focus prayer right on that thing. Amen. And just believe that God's going to do a great, great work. Amen. Not only, not only my daughter now. Don't think we're just emphasizing on Erica alone. But your needs are important to God too. We've got saints of God around the world that are asking petitions and prayers. So we thank you for your prayers. My goodness, I've got, I've got e emails, WhatsApp, texts from all over this world. And I am so very, very grateful. And I appreciate you as the local assembly. And we just believe in God. We don't know what the journey involves. You know, from this point to that point, we don't, we don't have a clue many times of what's going to take place between that time. But we know this. He's faithful here. He's faithful there. And along this journey, if he allows things to happen that are difficult and strenuous and hard, we know that he will get glory somehow out of it. And he'll bless people and help people and strengthen people. I'm sure maybe many of you have saw it, but Sister Karen Pruitt was able to come home yesterday and they um, live fed that on some sort of social media, something or other. It was just really wonderful to see Sister Karen there and some of the different saints from their assembly was there screaming and hollering and Sister Karen actually danced a little bit coming down through there. So I mean, it was really, really heart touching, especially when the doctors told Brother Tim, prepare for death. And then they said if she lived, she'd be a vegetable. I ain't never seen a vegetable dance before. Maybe you have. I ain't talking about veggie tails, neither. I'm talking about, you know. Amen. That's, that's my father. I said, that's my father and your father. 
praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ask Brother Darrell if he'd come and speak for us tonight. I wasn't sure how, how long we'd be there at the doctor's office today, and the doctor's running about an hour and a half late and all that sort of thing, so I just text him, ask him if he'd help me tonight and take the service, so we certainly want to pull on Brother Darrell. We so appreciate him, don't we? Appreciate Brother Wes, Brother Joe, different ministry brothers that are here. We thank the Lord for each one of them. I'll tell you, the last time Brother Darrell spoke, the Lord just used him in such a great way. And Brother Gene, all the other minister brothers that are here, thank you all. Let's sing together tonight, Touching Jesus. Let's just open our hearts. Let me come with a need in your life or needs as in many. We're here to hear this weekend. The Lord wants us to ask for great things and ask for many of them. Many of them. And let's just believe that he's going to do it. Oh, but Brother Donnie, my uncle, my aunt, my great-nephew, my grand-nephew, my grandfather, my grandmother, wouldn't that be too much? It wouldn't be too much. And it wouldn't be too much to say, well, Lord, would it be asking too much if you just touch every one of them? Why don't you just ask for big things? Say, God, why don't you just heal them all? Because when you get done, he'll have just as much power. Just as much power. It's not him, friends. It's our thinking. It's our thinking being washed away from this beggar idea. Well, I don't want to ask him too much. I don't want, where, where do we get that at? It doesn't come from him. It comes from the devil. Amen. I appreciate him so much. Let's sing together. Touching Jesus is all that really matters in your life will never Daryl, bless you, buddy. truth tonight. Hallelujah. That's the way provided for us tonight. Amen. You couldn't literally touch his garment. It's been thousands of years since his garment has been on the earth as the one that he wore. But we can touch him tonight by faith. Amen. Amen. We know when blind Bartimaeus cried out, the prophet of God said he never heard his voice because he's 150 yards from him. But it was his faith that stopped him. Amen. And so we know if the faith of blind Bartimaeus can stop the Lord Jesus in his tracks, that same faith tonight can stop the same Jesus. Amen. Because he's no respect of persons. Amen. 
you know, and God's not afraid to let sickness come into our life and trials come into our life and problems to come into our life and situations. He's not afraid to allow any of that to come into our lives because our God's bigger than all of it. Amen. And nothing's ever given to us to destroy us because this bride is undefeated. So whatever we face in life, God allows it to come into life to mold a character in us that's fit to reign. Amen. So I'm glad tonight that we're in child training. Amen. I'm glad tonight that we're, he's a, he, we're in his hands. Amen. And he's, a, he's watching over us and everything that happened to us is for a purpose. Amen. And when you think about it, that before the world was ever formed, he knew every trial, every heartache, every situation. He knew the color of your eyes, the color of your hair, your name. Oh, my. He, then who's got it in control tonight for his... The world may be out of control, but as Brother West prayed, he's not out of control tonight. Amen. Amen. He's the only stable thing there is, and I'm glad. He's my anchor tonight, aren't you? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Exodus. We want to read from Exodus chapter 4. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we trust something to be said tonight to help you. We kind of went along this way here a while back, but we just kind of felt to go back this direction again, so we trust it to be a blessing to you. But we want to read now from Exodus chapter uh, 4, starting at verse 1 and verse 2. Do you love him tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. Ain't it good to be back in the house of God? Yes, this is the second time I've preached to people in Happy Valley in several months. So it's good to see faces. Amen. It's good to hear amens. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 4 now. We want to read from verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Yeah. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I want to speak to you tonight on a, a simple subject for just a few minutes on what is that in thine hand? Or if I could take a thought out of that, it would be the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your wonderful presence this evening, Lord, we are so happy that our confidence is not in a man. But our rest tonight and our faith, Lord, and our confidence is in a God who does not change. Amen. And Lord, what a privilege it is tonight to call upon the living God. When other folks have gods in this day, Lord, there's probably more gods than we can even count. But there's only one God who is the true and living God. And it's you, Lord, that we pledge our allegiance to tonight. Lord, we pray may you come, Father, and encourage the hearts of your people. And Lord, may we realize, dear God, of that which you've already given us, Lord, this great weapon of prayer. And Lord, I pray, Father, that if it's something we've not been using, Lord, after tonight, may it be something, Lord, that we take greater value of. That we would realize tonight, Lord, that it's something great that's been given to us, Lord. And Father, may we exercise our privilege. For prayer is not a burden, Lord. It is a privilege. And we pray tonight, dear God, that, 
the prayer of faith would move among the people. And Lord, those that are have needs, may they be met tonight, Lord. May tumors just disappear. May fears, Lord, just turn to peace. May sorrow turn to joy. We love you tonight, Father. We commit this service into your hands for your glory. Forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. The prophet says, now no matter how mysterious it seems, God always keeps his word. No matter how unreasonable it may seem to people, God keeps his word. And if God makes a promise of anything, God will keep that promise. Now you and I can make a promise and things can happen that we would have to break a promise. Not even meaning to, but we would have to break a promise or a commitment. I'll meet you tomorrow and then our transmission falls out and we can't make that promise. But God's not like that. If God says he would do something, he would do it. You see, God knows the future from the beginning. And he don't make a promise, but what he knows what's going to happen when he makes that promise. Amen. And he always keeps his promise. Sometimes it seems so ridiculous the way he would go round about to keep his promise. But yet God always keeps the promise no matter how ridiculous it may seem to be. He told Noah it was going to rain, and it never rained for 120 years from the time he spoke it. But it rained. You know why? Because God said it would rain. He told Abraham, you and Sarah's going to have a baby. 25 years went by. But guess what? They had the baby. You know why? Because God said they would have the baby. Amen. He told Isaiah that a virgin is going to conceive. It never happened for eight Hundred years. But she conceived. Because God said she would. Amen. He promised it. And no matter how long, don't miss this. No matter how long it takes, stay with it anyhow. If God promised he would heal you, stay with it. Amen. Because we see when God's time is always the right time. We may want it to be tonight. We may want it to be tomorrow. But when it happens, it's according to God's program. Amen. And God told Abraham, thy seed would sojourn in a strange land for 400 years. But God promised them, I will bring you out. Now watch, as the promise began to draw nigh, the conditions in Egypt grew worse and worse. <laughs> Abraham, or excuse me, Amram, he began to see the conditions deteriorating away where it was getting harder and harder and the bitterness of bondage. And it became to when he would come in the evening, he would be so weary he would be so nervous. He would be so upset because he's seen the way they treated the women. He's seen the way they beat the young men. And Amram began to come under the burden for deliverance. Oh, I long for the hour that Happy Valley comes under the burden for deliverance. Because when we start crying out for deliverance, we get God's attention. And he saw the weariness of it. And he began to come under the burden for deliverance. 
And he began to go to the rooftop to pray after working all day, sometimes missing supper, but he would go to the rooftop to pray night after night. Midian night climbing the steps, his back bleeding from where they beat him that day. Maybe Yosebel said to him, Emmer, just rest tonight, honey. Why don't you just read? You're so tired. He said, but I've got to pray. Somebody's got to pray. Somebody's got to get a hold of God. Many nights, night after night, two or three o'clock in the morning, the prophet of God said, praying seemed like he was just talking to the wind. But down in his Jewish heart, the prophet said, there burn a faith. Oh, that's it. When that faith is in your heart, it doesn't. Well, I prayed, but that doesn't matter. The faith is in your heart. If he don't answer today, he'll answer tomorrow. If he don't answer tomorrow, it'll be the next day. And as I told Jessica, when she was blind, I said, it'll be a greater miracle tomorrow. Amen. Amen. The winds of doubt could never blow out that faith. That was burning in his heart. Amen. The prophet said God wants his people to pray. And when Israel got so taxed and in such a condition that they could not go any further. Their time was fulfilled. Their burden was laid further upon them the way that they thought. Then they began to pray. When the burden got greater than they thought they could bear, then they began to pray. And when the people began to pray, then God began to hear. It was time for God's word to be fulfilled. He was waiting. Many times he said, well, I'm waiting to see what God's, what God's going to do. And what did the prophet say? God spoke to him. said, I'm waiting to see what you'll do. Well, I'm waiting on God. Maybe God's waiting on us to cry out, to have a burden. Hallelujah. To see the move of God. To see the third pull in manifestation. Hallelujah. To see cancers disappear. Amen. One night the prophet said when he was so tired praying on the roof. He thought I'm just going to lay just down. I'm just going to lay down for a second. And just rest. And he went to sleep the prophet said. He fell asleep. And all of a sudden he woke up. Here's how the prophet described it. He woke up. He said, what's the matter? And he looked around. Well, there's a light. Where's that light coming from? I wonder where he got that at. That's what happened to him. He was praying in a cave. He saw a light come towards him. And he was telling Amram, he was, he was paraphrasing it out, or he was dramatizing it out. And he said, he woke up. He said, where's that light coming from? He said, oh, look, standing in the corner, there stood an angel. The sword hanging there on his side. And he looked again and he rubbed his eyes and he pulled on his knee. He said, oh Lord, he said, he said, what would you want of me, Lord? He said, Amram, I am the angel of God. I've been sent from heaven to tell you. God heard your prayers. I've come to tell you he's going to send a deliverer. <laughs> he remembers all of his promises. I see the angel now. Look at him. He's pulling out his sword. He points to the north. Amram looks. He says, just the point of this sword lays the promised land. And I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I would give them that land. 
that your people would inherit the land. And I've heard the groan of the people. I've heard the crying of the children. And I'm coming down. And I want you to know you're going to play a great part in this realm because you were faithful in prayer. Hallelujah. You're going to pray. You're going to play a great part in this because you were faithful in prayer. You were faithful in your house. And about this time next year, Yosebed, your lovely little wife, is going to embrace a little baby boy. And that little baby boy is going to be the deliverer. The very deliverer that Amram prayed out to God. The very deliverer that he was so burdened and cried out to God to sin. God heard his prayer and sent the deliverer right through his own home. Oh, that's my God. That's how God rewards faithfulness. Be faithful to God. God sees everything you do. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. God, God keeps his word. Now we find Moses before the burning bush. And God is telling him his purpose for being on the earth. And Moses begins to make excuses. Lord, I, 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 I can't talk plain. I, I, just, I, I stutter. I'm not a smart person. And on and on and on. But you see, God did not want Moses' excuse. He wanted his obedience. Amen. Oh, what could God do with us if we would just do what he asked us to without having excuses? If we simply obeyed his word, amen. Finally, finally God says to him, Moses, what is in your hand? Moses said, it's a rod. Another translation is a stick. It's just a stick. I found it out on the desert somewhere. It's just a stick. Exodus 4.3, God says, he said, cast it on the ground. And Moses cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled before his stick that became a snake. Just like I would have done. <laughs> Scream like a woman while I was doing it, no doubt. Moses fled before the snake. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught the snake. And it became a rod in his hand again. Exodus 4.17, the Bible says this, And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. What is in your hand? It's a stick. Give it to me. He threw it down to become a snake. He picked it up by the tail. It become a rod. And God said, by this rod, ye shall do signs. Exodus 4.20. And Moses took his wife and his two sons and set them up on an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And listen to this. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. You see, when Moses went to the burning bush, 
the rod belonged to him. But notice when he left the burning bush, the rod belonged to God. It was just a simple stick in his hand, but now the stick had changed ownership. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was a higher power than the name of Moses that was packing the stick. It wasn't Moses' stick. It was God's stick in the hand of Moses. How insignificant that appears. How silly that appears to be to the eyes of science and education. A stick against a great army. A stick against the greatest nation at that time. A stick in the hand of an 80-year-old man with a beard down to his knees. That's a threat. How ridiculous. Are you kidding us, mother? Are you serious? But the Bible said, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The world would laugh at such a scenario. A stick in the hand of an old man. But the power of the rod in the hand of a prophet of God. In the will of God. And Moses took that stick and destroyed a nation. And freed God's people. The power of a rod. The power of the rod of God in the hand of Moses. What is in that hand, David? Just a slingshot. Two strings and a leather pouch. Put somebody's eye out with that thing if you ain't careful. Just a slingshot. David standing there facing a giant who mocked his God. Who laughed at God's people. Made fun of God's army. Let me tell you something, Satan. God's got an army who's commissioned to cast you out. Laugh at us if you will, old boy. But we're commissioned by the Most High God. God is not general, amen. Hallelujah. Mocking his God, laughing at God's people. If you look at human reasoning, Goliath should have won this battle. He was tall. David was short. He was a man. David was a boy. He was a warrior. David was a shepherd. He was a champion fighter. David was a shepherd. Goliath was covered in armor. David was covered in sheepskin. David had a slingshot. Goliath had a sword. Who do you think would have won? Who would Las Vegas bet it on? Huh? Goliath had a challenge. <laughs> but David had the confidence of a living God. Hallelujah. He had the confidence of a living God. Who met him out in there. Who helped him kill a lion. Who helped him kill a bear. And he knew if God can give me a lion. God can give me a bear. He can give me a giant. If God can heal a toothache. God can heal cancer. If God can do one thing great. He can do all things great. Hallelujah. I'm going to get smaller pants or something. 
Aleluya. Aleluya. The Bible says. The Bible says that David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He smote the Philistine. What is in thy hand? You know the prophet of God, how he talked about it? He took that slingshot and just... About the third pool. The supernatural took over. And when that rock left that leather pouch, oh, it wasn't David's hand. It was the hand of the Almighty God. And where did it strike the giant? The one place where he never had armor. I wonder what his last words were. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Are you serious? Where did he learn to throw like that? God was his pitching coach. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's simple. I know it is, but I love simple stuff. Samson. What is in thy head, Samson? Standing there against a thousand Philistines who ambushed him in a place called Jaw. You look up the translation, it's what it means, Jaw. I thought, you know, God's got a sense of humor. In a place called Jaw, he gave the Philistines more Jaw than they ever wanted in their life. <laughs> Completely surrounded by a thousand Philistines. And he looked around and he picked up the jawbone of the mule. Just a simple jawbone. But God was in it. Hallelujah. The power of a jawbone in the hand of a believer who was called of God to destroy Philistines. Let me tell you, little bride, we're not put here just to go to church. We're called. We're anointed. We're commissioned by the Almighty God to tear Satan's kingdom down. Amen. Hallelujah. What is in thy hand? What is in thy hand? Shamgard. It's an ox goat. A piece of wood about 18 inches long with a brass knob on the end of it. Used to push the cows through the fence or the, or the sheep or whatever. Just to push them on through the fence. Shamgard wasn't a warrior. He didn't know Kung Fu. Couldn't even spell it. He didn't know nothing about that stuff. He wasn't a soldier. He didn't go to school to learn how to fight. He was a farmer. But you see, you may just be a farmer. You just may be a housewife. You say, what am I against the devil? I'm nothing against the devil within myself. But my daddy, my daddy, hallelujah. When my daddy shows up, he makes the difference. Hallelujah. Six hundred Philistines came on his property looking for a fight. They thought the devil likes to howl when he thinks it's 600 to 1. He likes to howl when it's 600 to 1. Oh, I heard someone say, I believe it was Moody one time, said something like that Shamgar was out there and said uh, his neighbor come over the hill and said, Shamgar, I just come to tell you, there's 600 Philistines marching towards your farm. Don't worry. I'm going to go get all the farmers. We're going to meet back here. We're going to help you. And Shamgar said, just pass on. They're 400 short. God said, one could put a thousand to flight. 
There's only 600 of them. There are 400 swords. I've got this. Just go, just go plant your crops. I've got this. Me and my daddy, we've got this. Amen. Hallelujah. It was just an ox goat. What is in thy hand? It's an ox goat, God. It's enough. Just jump out there in the midst of them. And when he brought that back, the power of God, like one of them transformers, just boom, 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 all over his body, faith muscles begin to pop out. And the anointing begin to get up on him. And he begin to swing. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And when he got done, he was the only one of them. Man, a man, what is in thy hand? An ox goat, but a man under a covenant with God. A man who had a God covenant. This is your land. It belongs to you. Let the devil rob you of none of it. Every time God's people were in a crisis, Every time, just these examples, there's many more. God placed something in their hand to overcome their enemy. He placed something. He gave them something. In the time of a crisis, God gave them something to defeat their enemy. And he's no respect of persons. Then in this hour... When the world has gone crazy. When wrong is right and right is wrong. Pandemics. Now squirrels have got the blue blonic plague. Plague. Poo, bog, plague. Violence. Goliaths of cancer. Philistines of fear. Armies of oppression. You know, your prayer list is so big now. It takes almost two weeks to get back to the first person you text to see how they're doing. I told Sir the other day, I said, I don't think I can get one more text. This, that, this, pray for this, pray for that, pray for this. This has happened, that's happened. Trouble on every side. Not just one side, every side. But yet, in the midst of all this confusion, in the midst of all this uncertainty and this nervousness and this unsettledness, he has not left us barehanded. So I say to you tonight, what is in thy hand, little bride? I'm not a David. I'm not a Moses. I'm not a Shamgard. I'm just a brother. A pastor, an evangelist, a painter, a factory worker. That's who we are. But God has given us a weapon to meet the challenge of this hour. I may not be a David. I may not be an Elijah. I may not be a Moses or a Shamgard. Come on, somebody. I may not be none of them. I look at them in such great men of faith. I think, oh my, who am I? I may not be none of them, but that doesn't mean God has forsaken me. I may not be a David, but I am a son of God. And God said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you, but I will arm you. I will arm you to fight the good fight of faith. God has 
given us a weapon to meet the challenge of this hour. And that weapon is the power of prayer. What is in thy hand, little bride? The power of prayer. <laughs> you look like you're disappointed. I guess you thought it was a laser rocket or something, you know, some kind of satellite-controlled weapon. No, I'm sorry. It's just prayer. You know, like just a stick or a jawbone. It's just a prayer. But it is a powerful weapon. Not just limited to prophets with discernment. You remember the story Brother Brandon told? About the mother who had the sick baby. And the woman was sitting on the front row. And she kept seeing the mother walking with the child. And her heart went out to her. The prophet said after about a half an hour. When the woman passed by. The mother said. The woman sat in the chair. She said listen. Said I'll let you have my seat. If you'll let me pray for your baby. Said I, I, I can't help it. I, there's something on me to pray for your baby. The woman said, you don't have to give me your seat. You can pray for my baby. And the woman said, you know, before she asked her, she was making all these excuses. Why not to pray? She said, well, I see she's got a prayer card. She'll get in the prayer line and the prophet of God will pray for her. So I don't need to pray for her. But the burden wouldn't leave. And she said, can I pray for your baby? She said, well, certainly. She prays for the baby. And sure enough, just like the woman perceived, the mother with the sick baby who had the prayer card got called and was on the platform. And she stands before the prophet. Let me pick it up. The prophet said the Holy Spirit said to the little woman, told her who she was, said you have your baby has a certain cause. And that was right. She said, but but he said, uh, but the baby's already been healed. The blessing is on the baby. There was a little woman that's got a certain color hair wearing a little checkered dress. Said, why, why that's her sitting up there in the balcony. Because when the woman gave the mother her seat, she went up in the balcony and sat down. She wasn't even sitting where she originally was sitting. She got up and moved. And he said, that's her sitting up there in the balcony. The Lord just healed the baby. You see how the Holy Spirit works? That woman thought because I was an evangelist, oh, I had the power to do the healing. And it should be me who prays for the baby because I'm the evangelist and I've got the power to do the healing. But you see, I couldn't have compassion on that baby like that mother could. And the holy, oh, listen to this. I think you read this just a while back, Brother Donnie. The Holy Spirit didn't choose for me to pray for the baby. It chose the little mother to pray for the baby. And God honored and healed that baby. And it got absolutely well. We received the testimony. 
because God has not left us barehanded, but he's given us the power of prayer. And a woman with compassion over another woman with a sick baby, she used her weapon of prayer against that disease. And when the baby stood before the prophet, he said, you're already healed. You see, every man, woman, boy, girl today can take the name of Jesus and meet any foe, any place, any time. And the enemy will be defeated. Brother Bram said, I've met witch doctors. I've met demons of all sorts and never seen a time but what they bow to the name of Jesus Christ. When Moses went down to Egypt, the prophet said, if they could have got that stick out of Moses' hand, they would have whipped him. It was in the stick was where the power laid. And if they ever got it out of his hand, they had him whipped. It was the stick that smoked the rock. It was the stick that he held into the air. It was the stick that he held over the waters. It was God's judgment rod. And what was Moses in his, what was the stick in Moses' hand? The name of Jesus Christ is to the born again church. Amen. Amen. What that stick was in Moses' hand is what the name of Jesus Christ is in your hand tonight. That name of Jesus is judgment over every sickness, over every cancer. Come on, somebody. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. Prophet said, Oh, church, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. When temptation rounds you gathers, breathe that holy name in prayer. Watch demons scatter. The name of Jesus Christ. When men and women quit looking at their sickness and their disease and start looking to what God said about it, then you'll take over. Are you hearing me? As long as you look at that, it controls you by symptoms. As long as you look at it, it controls you by symptoms. But if you'll quit looking at the symptoms and start looking at the promise, then you will take over. Why, Brother Darrell? Because the promise is greater than the sickness. Oh, hallelujah. Well, listen to this. All things are subject to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? All things are subject to Jesus Christ. And all things are subject to you in prayer when you ask in his name and believe. All things are subject to Jesus Christ and all things are subject to you when you call on his name in prayer. Then the power of prayer that's in your hand, the power of prayer is in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power of prayer is in the name of Jesus Christ. Prophet said, after all, after all, it's prayer is the most vital force that God ever put in the hand of mankind. 
I want you to know tonight that what God has placed in the hand of the believer is the greatest vital force on earth ever. But you see, that'll do you absolutely no good if you question that. Don't question that. Just accept it. Well, I can't explain it. I can't either. I can barely spell it. But it don't matter. I don't believe from my head. I believe from my heart. My head sees symptoms. My heart sees the cure. The most vital force that God ever put into the hand of mankind. The most effective force that's known to man is prayer. Is prayer. Do you believe that? Well, some of you do. Do you believe that it is, he said. God has given us the weapon of prayer. Prayer is not a burden. Prayer is a weapon. It's prayer that changes things. Prayer is what does the work. Prayer changes death to life. Remember when the prophet Isaiah went in there and told Hezekiah to get himself in order he's going to die? That was a word from the prophet. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to cry out to God. And his prayer turned the prophet around. Changed death to life. Prayer changes things. It's the most powerful force that God ever put in the hands of man. Is a sincere prayer offered to God. Do you realize when you pray, when Brother West stood up here and prayed a while ago, he was using the most powerful force ever given into the hand of mankind. We didn't even have to pay for it. you imagine what something like that would cost if the government had to buy it? He gave it to you. Matter of fact, the prophet said, God longs to hear you talk to him. He wants you to talk to him. Well, I can't say fancy words. You don't have to say fancy words. Just talk to your father. Just talk to the one who created you, who will not forget you. Amen. Jesus said, whatever you ask the father in my name, I'll do it. The prophet said, believe it. Try it once. And see if it isn't true. Well, that got quiet. Well, now, Brother Dow, I tried that last week and it didn't work. You mean you didn't even wait but a week? If God says it, it don't matter when. How the Lord that God that healeth thee. He never said when. Come on, somebody. We put limits on God. God's got his own timetable. Just be found believing when the angel shows up to pronounce the blessing. Just be found testifying. That's why I've still got it on my mirror. God is my healer. Amen. God make an intercession upon your confession. Why, brother, kick out them crutches. Throw away that old stomach trouble. Go out and eat your supper. Get well. Believe him. You've got the greatest weapon in the world in your hand. The weapon of prayer. You've got the greatest weapon in the world. Put that on Facebook tonight and see what kind of reaction you get.
You've got the greatest weapon in the world in your hand. It's not something you're going to get. Well, in the millennium, honey, I won't need it in the millennium. I need it right now. The most powerful weapon ever put in the hand of mankind. Prayer is the key that unlocks every door. Satan may throw you in the dungeon. He may lock you in the inner chamber. But guess what? Prayer is the skeleton key. Prayer is the key that will unshackle you from every lock, from every chain that Satan places upon you. Prayer is your skeleton key. It is your exit key. Amen. Oh, I love this quote right here. There's no atomic bomb. There's no hydrogen bomb as powerful as prayer. Prayer will change the mind of God. There's no atomic bomb can change the power of prayer. Think of that. No atomic. No hydrogen. You know, they dropped those bombs. What was it? Big boy, fat boy, and something else. Big boy, fat boy, something like that. They dropped those two bombs. One of them down on Hiroshima, Japan, during World War II to end the war. Because they realized that by dropping that bomb, they would save more lives than the bomb would kill. And they made that decision to stop this war. We'll drop this great bomb. The bomb was so great, something that the world had never seen. They had never seen a bomb like this, that when it exploded, it left a shadow where somebody once stood. It completely annihilated those people. And for years, for years after that bomb went off, kids were born with 10 and 12 toes, born with three eyes, all kinds of birth defects, all kinds of deformities from the radiation that the people that was in the land, that was in the earth, that was in the people, generation after generation, it was passed on. The power of one atomic bomb. And yet the prophet of God said, your prayer is greater than that. Y'all remember Sister Clark? Some of y'all remember Sister Ethel Clark? God bless her heart. You sit right here in the front. One of her favorite words was, Yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. I remember one time I was preaching. I said, I'm fixing close. She said, Yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> She's just a precious soul. I loved her. I was, she was my Sunday school teacher when I was a little boy. But I said all that to say this when she was sick. And me and Cheryl went to see her one night down at the house. And I went in and sat down. Sister Clark told me, she said, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember you was in my Sunday school class as a little boy. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I always knew God had his hand on you. She said, I prayed for you all those years. I prayed for you. Because I seen God had his hand on you. And I went out to the car, Brother Donnie. And I sat down and I began to cry. Cheryl said, what's wrong? I said, did you hear what she said? I said, think of it. Think of it, Brother Larry. When I was out running up and down the road like an idiot. Drinking and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. God... God and a little saintly, godly woman praying for me. The power of prayer. 
our trust today, me standing behind this pulpit, is the effects of the prayer of my Sunday school teacher. Hallelujah. The effects of these two bombs still being felt, and yet prayer is more powerful than that. The power of prayer in the hand of a believer. Like the black woman down in Memphis whose son got the social disease and she was and he was dying. And she got in on her knees and began to pray and said, Lord, I was like the shoot of my woman. I couldn't have a child and you gave me a child. And God, our Lord, he's got a disease and he's dying. She said, Lord, if I be like that shoot of my woman, where is your Elijah? And the prophet was in an airplane flying to Lexington, Kentucky. Just whoa. I don't know how it happened, but perhaps the pilot and the co-pilot talking about fishing, going up to Illinois and hunting that year or whatever, you know, just flying along, heading up to Lexington, Kentucky, drinking Maxwell House coffee because it's good to the last drop. Just relaxing, you know, automatic pilot, just going up to Kentucky, going to drop off these passengers. It's the last flight for the night. And all of a sudden, the prayer of a black woman down in Memphis began to go up. Perhaps it began to bump the plane. I don't know. But all of a sudden, there's a light came on, perhaps. And the captain looked at the co-captain and said, John, see what that light is. Land immediately. Where's the closest airport? Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Memphis, we got a problem. What's the problem? I don't know. There's a lot. Come on up here. Oh, I'm so glad there's a man who can turn on the light. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, where's the closest airport? Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Memphis, we got a problem. Come on down, boys. We got room for you. And they put the prophet up in the Peabody Hotel. And the next day he goes to mail a postcard and the Spirit of God says, turn around and start walking. And he finds himself in that neighborhood and he's going down there and he's singing, I'm one of them, I'm one of them. And there she's standing by the fence. Her back is wet from the dew because she's been standing out there since 3 o'clock in the morning. And as he walked by, he tipped his hat to her. He said, morning. She said, morning, Parson. Now for you people that thinks God only speaks to his prophet, who told her that? He said, prophet, I said, preacher, how'd you know I was a preacher? She said, not only that, I know she's coming. She said, where's your satchel? You're supposed to have a satchel with you. He said, I left it in the room. And you know the story. He goes in, he prays. The boy, he had a syphilis. He was dying of syphilis. And he begins to, he begins to pray for the, for the boy. The said, five minutes later, he's sitting on the side of the bed. He said, I gotta go. I've missed my plane. He gets a cab, heads back to the airport. Every time I fly into Memphis, I think about this story. And the prophet of God said, when I went through the doors of the airport, I heard over the intercom, last call for Louisville, Kentucky. And the prophet said this, the prayer of an insignificant black woman grounded an airplane. Oh God. Grounded an airplane and held it on the ground. Why? That is the power of prayer. Amen. You get on an airplane, when them things take off, it throws you back. Things fall out. This falls there. It falls everywhere. Two pays go off you. <laughs> when that thing takes off in the power of the G-forces as it lift off the earth, but the prayer 
Oh, hallelujah. The mayor didn't know her name. The governor didn't know her name. But God knew the woman. Amen. The power of prayer grounded an airplane and held it on the ground. That ought to make you want to pray. Huh? Power of prayer. The power of prayer. I think of Solomon. The dedication of the temple. He prayed. If God's children ever be in trouble anywhere. If they would look towards the temple and pray. That God would hear from heaven their prayer. Solomon at the dedication. When the pillar of fire came down and set behind. He made that proclamation before the Lord. He made that prayer. And God heard and honored Solomon's prayer. You see, God answers prayer, period. Well, Brother Darrell, I prayed and God didn't answer. That's not simply not true. You just didn't wait long enough. Or he said no and you didn't like the answer you got. But God answers prayer, period. You got a question? Go to God. He'll answer it. But it won't be an answer according to what you want to be the answer, to be his answer. You either take it or leave it. Amen. Well, preach, Brother Darrell. Thank you. We will. He said, Lord, if they ever get in trouble anywhere, let them look to this temple and hear their prayer from heaven. And Jonah, years later, swallowed by a whale. Ain't nobody hearing that bad off tonight. Swallowed by a whale. And the prophet said when they feed, they go right down to the bottom of the water. So this whale, he just swallowed him a six foot, 250 pound man. And oh my, that was better than a taco in it. And he just goes right down to the bottom of the ocean and just, uh, ooh, ooh, boy, that was good. I hope I get me another one of them tomorrow. You know? I'm going to circle that ship again, see if they throw somebody else off. So he just sat down there enjoying his meal. And here's Jonah. Everywhere he looks, it's whale belly. Seaweed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the smell? Oh, my God, I can't really stand the smell of fish. Can you imagine what it smells like? I don't even want to imagine and the acid burning his eyes. Every time he opened his mouth, he got stomach acid in his mouth. There he was tied up, thrown in that ocean, swallowed by a whale. Now he's at the bottom of the ocean. You talking about symptoms. This man's got symptoms. But he remembered Solomon's prayer. And he started turning around there. He started, where is that temple? Where would that temple be from here? He didn't have a GPS. He's trying to figure this out, bumping around enough, trying to, where is it at? And when he got to where he thought it was, he began to pray. He began to pray out to God. Oh, God, you remember what Solomon said. I've reminded you of Solomon's prayer. And God, I'm in dire straits. I'm in symptoms. God, I've got symptoms up to my eyeball. I'm in trouble, Lord. But you said, Solomon said, if I'm in trouble, then look to your temple and you would hear my prayer. He began to pray to God. And he said, out of the belly of hell, I cried. Out of the belly of hell, I cried. And God heard my voice. And that whale just sitting there, just, whoo. And Jonah began to pray. He said, what? What? Oh, my God, I swallowed one of them holy rollers. 
And the power of prayer, oh God, the power of prayer gave that fish such a stomach ache. He said, I got to get rid of this Holy Ghost man. Oh, oh, saints of God, let's begin to pray. Let's get sick. Let's make the world sick of us that he'll take us home with him. I feel good. Power of prayer. Elijah, power of prayer. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not for a space of three years and six months. Because a mortal, a mortal prayed. And God heard his prayer. His prayer was so great that God honored it that it didn't rain for three and a half years. The prophet said, I say this with all true reverence. There's not another force on earth. There's nothing on earth, no matter what it is, what kind of gift it is. See, that's where a lot of us sometimes we think, oh, if I had Brother Branham's gift. Oh, if I had Brother Branham's gift. Then I could pray things if I just had that gift. But you see, he's gave you something greater than a gift. If you can only receive that tonight, he's gave you something greater than a gift. He has given you the power of prayer. Listen, I say this with all true reverence. There's not another force on earth. There's not nothing on earth, no matter what it is, what gift it is. There's nothing in the world that will come ahead of prayer. Let everything else be secondary in your life, but your prayer life. Let your prayer life have the preeminence. Now, I'm not going to ask any of us, but how many of us has not done that? That prayer is way down here on the list. Oh, we'll read our Bible. We'll listen to a tape. Come on now. But the prophet said, let everything else be secondary. But your prayer life, but your prayer life. Brother Bram said, my heart's been stirred for a time. I know we're ready for something now that's coming in. And you Christians, don't you stay lukewarm anymore. Listen to me. If you've been playing the church, quit playing church. Listen to me. We're in trouble sometimes. Do not play around. Get anchored in Christ. You know why so many people walk away from this message? They've never had a true experience with Jesus Christ. How can you have the Holy Ghost and deny the very word that the Holy Ghost was sent to vindicate in the very hour you're living in? Let everything else be secondary but your prayer life. Don't stay in that lukewarm condition anymore. Lay aside everything. Get as close to God as you can get. Walk with Him and talk with Him. Let everything else be secondary but your prayer life. Stay right with him all the time. Put your prayer life first. Put your prayer life first. How many things could we have been spared if we would have only prayed before we bought that car? Before we went and did that thing we done? Come on, somebody. How many times, brother? Would I have been saved great heartaches if I'd have just waited on God's answer? 
instead of getting my own answers. Well, I'm just preaching to myself. Y'all just pray for me. We Use your power of prayer. Pray for me. Can I have just a few more minutes? Listen to me. Your prayer life to you is as vital as the hamstrings are to a deer. Those strings, those tendons, those ligaments, those leaders, those hands, whatever you want to call them, that's in the back of a deer's leg is what makes it run swiftly. So what makes it get away is what makes its ability to jump out of danger. And the prophet of God said, David said, as a deer painteth after a water brook, so my soul thirsts for thee, O God. And the prophet talked about how that those wild dogs would chase those deer. And they'd grab some of them by the throat and rip out the, 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 the veins and they would bleed out and they would eat those deer. But other dogs in the pack wouldn't go for the neck. They would go for the hamstrings and cut the hamstrings with their teeth. And then they would go feast on the deer that they destroyed. And when they got done eating on those deer that they took down by the neck, they start following the deer that they cut the hamstrings on because they were still walking, but they couldn't go as fast and they couldn't get away. And so those deer, those dogs knew some of the dogs would go for the neck. Other dogs of the same pack would go for the hamstrings and just cut the hamstrings. Then they would go eat the fallen deer and then follow those who they had cut. Brother said they would come in packs and overtake the deer. And one of the things they cut is what we call the hamstring in the back, the leaders. And they would just cut out a whole pack and then they can't run. And those dogs will eat as much as they can. And then others can't pull away very much. And then they're easier prey and they run back and get them. And that's the way the devil does. He'll cut you off from your prayer meetings. And he's cut your hamstrings right then. When he stops you from praying, he's cut your hamstrings. You've lost your power. When he cuts your hamstrings, he's got you right then. You'll pull from this church to that church. You'll run from here to there. And anytime the devil wants to gobble you up, he's got you under his control. When he cuts your prayer life, brother, you're gone. When he cuts your prayer life, you're gone. You see, when Yosebed made the ark for Moses, she pitched it with tar. And the tar was what went in between the cracks. And it sealed the water out. The pitch is what sealed the water out and kept Moses in. And the prophet of God said, your prayer life is the pitch that keeps the world from leaking in. If he cuts your prayer life, the next thing, the worldly things take the place. And sweet hour of prayer becomes a little talk with Jesus. And anytime he wants you, he'll come and get you because he's done cut your prayer life. Your fellowship is broken and it's getting quieter and quieter. When he cuts your prayer life, brother, you're gone. When he cuts that thirst off of you and perverts it into the things of the world, he's got you where he wants you. He'll let you gobble along here till you get to a certain place. Then he'll crash out your life. Without God. Is that true? People that used to once preach the message. Now they sit with shorts and drink beer. 
Oh, God, have mercy upon me. Hide me under your wings, Lord. I'm not smart, God. I'm not a smart person, Lord. Just hide me under your wings. Just take this as a, don't take this as a lecture, but as a solemn warning of the Holy Spirit. Pray day and night. Don't let nothing stop you from praying. Oh, if I could pray like brother so-and-so, I would really pray. Hey, no one can pray like you, friend. Nobody can pray like you pray. We experience things in our life that allow us to pray like somebody else can never pray. Prayer. Let me show you how simple prayer is and yet how powerful. How simple prayer is and yet how powerful. You that put your hand up there, sir, leaning up like that. You want to get over that high blood pressure? You believe God's going to make you well? You believe God healed you? You was praying then, wasn't you? You was praying for me to speak something to you. He heard you. You're healed now. You can go home and be made well. You was praying. Let that man say something to me. He heard you and had me say something to you. Because that's what you was praying Sister, you that just bowed your head said, Lord, have mercy on me. That's sitting there with nerve trouble, sitting right there. Yes, he heard you. Now, isn't that what you were praying? Not a thee, not a thou, this, that, thou. You know what she prayed? Lord, have mercy on me. And the prophet said, he heard you. How simple and yet how powerful. That a simple prayer, have mercy on me. And God heard, brother friend. Have mercy on my boy with COVID. Have mercy. God heard your prayer. Amen. Amen. Dad sitting there with your hand down praying right on the end row there. Yes, he heard you. You were praying. I heard your prayer. You were silently praying. Lord, let me be next. Silently praying. Not screaming that everybody in the back row heard the man. He was sitting there. How many times have you sat before God? Out of red light. I've done that many a time in surgery. Standing there by the surgeon and praying to God. And how many times? Just a simple, silent prayer. God said, shh. Gabriel, shh. My boy's talking to me. The power of prayer. Something happened then. Everybody be reverent. Somebody was praying. Oh, here it is. Praise be to God. Thank you, sister, for praying. I heard your prayer. Jesus did too. Your shingles is gone. (laughs) Sitting right there with your hand up. What you asked for, that's what you asked for. In the name of the Lord Jesus, receive it. Dost thou believe with all thy heart we're strangers to each other? But God knows us both, doesn't he? You think he would make you well of that neurotic, sir? You were praying, Lord Jesus, let me be healed tonight. Have that man turn to me and I will believe. That, raise your hand, see? That, that's right. I'm not reading your mind, but I hear your prayer in prayer land. I hear your prayer. Not Disneyland, but prayer land. I heard your prayer. Oh, Brother West. How many prayers, brother? How many prayers do we have in prayer land? Your faith has saved you. Oh, boy. You know the stories we come to a close. Amen. Brother Harry, y'all come. Y'all gonna get too long. If I don't, we'll just close. Y'all come to the instruments. But you know the story the little boy, the prophet told, that I think his parents had died. He went to live with someone and they were mean to him. 
And he goes into the church to pray. He didn't see the pastor. The pastor was back there somewhere, but the little boy went down to the altar. And the pastor heard a noise. He heard somebody saying something. And he slipped out to see who it was. And he noticed that the altar was a little boy. And he was down at the altar. It looked like he was praying. But he wasn't saying words. He was just saying the alphabet. A, B, C, D. And the pastor sat down silently, reverently watched the young boy. And when he got done, he said, Sonny, let me ask you a question. I don't want to be rude, but I noticed you down at the altar. So what, what was you doing? He said, I was praying. He said, praying? He said, son, usually people pray, you know, Jesus, help me, Father. But all you were saying were the ABCs. He said, well, you see, Lord, my parents died and I'm living with somebody and they're mean to me and and I needed to talk to the Lord and I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to him. So I thought I would just say the alphabet. And I just thought maybe him knowing my heart, he could take the letters and make the words. That he would know what my heart was trying to say. You see, friends, not a great prayer. Not a beautiful prayer of these and thous and thats. God probably don't even see those prayers if they're prayers of showmanship or just so somebody can see. And it's, not, it's not beautiful, flowery prayers. Nothing wrong with that, but you say, well, I can't do that, but it's not in that. Not beautiful words. It's just a sincere prayer. Lord, my wife is sick. Lord, it's my daughter. She needs help. It's just simple. From the heart, a sincere prayer. Sometimes the prophet said, sometimes he doesn't even hear the words. He just sees the sincerity of your heart. What is in the hand? Moses, a simple stick. David, a slingshot. Samson, a jawbone. Simple. Shamgard, an ox goat. Simple. But what's in your hand, little bride? Just a simple prayer. Because we're simple people. And it may not look like much to the world, but it is a deadly weapon when it's held in the fingers of faith. Amen. When Jess was in the hospital, Brother Burt Thompson came down one night to see me. He'd been listening to the adoption series and he came into the hospital. Brother Burt, maybe you remember this. He said, Brother Darrell, I was coming down the road a while ago. He said, it sounded just like Brother Brennan was praying for your daughter. He said, would you like to hear it? I said, yeah. And he goes and gets the tape. He brings it in. Jessica was on life support system there in the room. And he brought it in and we put it, had a little tape player there. And we put the tape in. And Brother Brennan began to pray. He said, some, heart, some father's heart's burning. His little girl laid at the point of death. And, and it sounded just like he was praying for Jessica. And when Brother Bird left, the nurse came into the room. She said, Mr. Ward, was that you praying for your daughter? I said, no, ma'am. 
She said, was that somebody in your church? I said, no, ma'am. I said, that prayer was prayed over 30 years ago. But you see, there's power in prayer. Amen. Amen. What are you going to do with it, friends? I'd say let's take our weapon and let's go to the camp of the enemy and let's take back what belongs to us. Amen. Ask anything in my name and it shall be done. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And his will is his word. One more. I was in a meeting one time. And a sister came up to the altar. And she said, Brother Darrell, my boy's not coming to church. He's getting wild. And she said, I want my boy to come to church. And she said, oh, would you pray with me? That my boy would start coming to church. And she just opened up her heart. And she just began to tell me all this stuff. And she just began to tell God. God you know my boy Lord. And I, I want him saved. And, and while she was talking. I just sat there and listened to her. And she just began to talk. And the tears began to run down her face. And I looked up and I seen this young man come walking. And he come walking down the aisle. And he stood right behind her. And she was just talking. And God. God you know I want my boy to come to church. And I said sis. Isn't that your son standing behind you? And when she turned around, it was the boy. You see, God can't answer your prayer while you're still asking. And if God heard their prayers, cannot hear our prayers tonight. Let's call him on the scene. Let's exercise our God-given rights as believers and take our weapon tonight and drive it to the heart of our enemy. That demon of fear, that demon of cancer, that demon of oppression, that demon of COVID-19. Come on, somebody. Let's get, let's get the bull by the horns. Let's take our weapon. Let's be a David. Let's be a Samson. Let's be a Shamgar. Let's take what God has given us and go to the camp of the enemy and get back what belongs to us. Our joy, our peace, our deliverance, our health, our sanity. Come on, somebody. Don't give it to us. It is our weapon of prayer. Do you believe it tonight? Then let's stand to our feet tonight. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Let's raise our heads to him now and exercise your God-given right. Pray for that person beside you. Pray for that person in front of you tonight. Just call on his name tonight and pray for the needs of the people. Oh, Lord God Almighty tonight, I come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'm not a great prayer lawyer, Lord. I don't know the words to say, but from the sincerity of my heart tonight, I pray for your children, God, that are afflicted, those that are facing great battles. Those, dear God, that are fighting for their life tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for Sister Angie Boy. I pray for Eugene Kennedy. I pray for Eric Reagan tonight. Becky Johnson. Molly Johnson. I pray for these tonight, Lord. These needs tonight, Father. I lift them up before you. That arthritis, God. That cataract, God. That fear, God. That menopause, God. All these things that come against your people. I take my ox goat tonight. I take my weapon of prayer tonight. 
and I swing it to the heart of the enemy and I say Satan you're defeated you cannot stand before the prayer of a believer tonight I don't look to a temple but I look to the body of the Lord Jesus who is my high priest tonight who intercedes upon my confession and I confess tonight that my prayer will go to the heart of the enemy and he'll loose God's children tonight come out of them Satan in the name of Jesus Christ come away from them tonight that demon of lie I rebuke you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ we are God's army we are God's people we are God's warriors tonight and we're more than overcomers we're more than conquerors tonight in the power our power tonight it's not in fancy words but our power tonight is in our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ there's power in the name of Jesus there's power in the name of Jesus to break every yoke tonight in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah 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 Satan you're a liar you're defeated tonight we hold in our hand the greatest weapon and when the weakest Christian gets on their knees to pray all hell trembles oh for we are God's army tonight we claim the victory through the blood of the Lord Jesus for there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain to break every chain tonight hallelujah we are his people called by his name hallelujah sing it for us tonight brother hallelujah hallelujah do you believe that tonight friends I challenge you tonight Exercise your God-given right to pray. You got a question? You got questions on your mind? Take them to the Lord in prayer. He can answer your questions. Amen. You got a sickness. You got a fear. You got a phobia tonight. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You got an all against you, brother. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Once you get in God's presence, see how you feel then. Pray till you break through. Don't pray, God bless mama, God bless daddy. Don't do that. Do like Amram. Stay there. Stay there. Do you break into his presence? Do you break into his presence? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There is power in the name of Jesus.
you trust him to break every chain? I'm, I just got this song on my heart tonight. Let's just sing this together. Through the fire. We got some folks going through the fire. But I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to show up. He'll show up right on time. Well, so many times I've questioned certain circumstances and things I could not understand. Many times in trials, a weakness blurs my vision and my frustration gets so out of hand. Then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand one test alone And as I look at all the victories The Spirit rises up in me And it's through the fire my weakness is made strong.
certainly good to be in church tonight, was it not? So appreciate Brother Daryl. There's power in prayer, certainly. There's also power in prayer warriors. I'm thankful to go to church with some. I'm thankful for Brother Daryl. That's a man I that's a man that I have confidence in as a prayer warrior. Many other saints here. So appreciate Brother Daryl. Let's just remember the services um, this weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, let's sing that God is good all the time as we as we go tonight. Um, Brother Terry's version. Maybe yeah. Well, God is good all the time. You put a song of praise in this part of mine. God is good. Darkest night is 
time.